What's going on, everybody? This is Matt. And this is Ed. And we would like to welcome you to another episode of Cinema Central. So, what in the world are we talking about today? Matt. Guess what time it is. Uh, it's four o'clock. No, it's not. Okay, I knew that was wrong. <laughs> the weather outside is all but chilly around here in it's the south. It's frightful. No. It's frightful. No, it's not. Well, okay, yeah, that's a good segue. <laughs> it's not chilly in the south, but it's close. We get them chilly mornings, and then, like, when you put your sweater on, and then when you get home from work, you kind of regret it. It's like 85 degrees. What is going on? But anyway, no. It's spooky vibe time. Spooky time. Or as Ric Flair would say in WCW days, Halloween Woo! Havoc. Oh, my bad. <laughs> who, the, who the F woos for Halloween? Ghosts do. Matt, have you seen me? <laughs> My I wear black all the time. Uh, My yeah. aesthetic is spook. I have literally looked at you several times. <laughs> but anyway, not in the way spooky that you, vibes. Not in the way that you like. Spooky time. Spooky time. And since it's spooky time, we're actually going to be doing movie reviews on spooky films. Or horror movies. Horror movies, yeah. Thanks for stealing my spookiness. Not a problem, man. I'm here to help. But anyway, since it's basically <laughs> the month of October, we decided that uh, we're going to go ahead and kind of get a theme going for this month. And we're actually going to do horror movies for each week. And these are going to be horror movies that we kind of that we like. And we might try to throw some new ones in here for some of you new people. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Okay. Halloween movies, right? It's five weeks. Five weeks in October. It means I get paid three times, so that means we got five oh, horror movies to talk about. God, I actually get an extra paycheck this month. <laughs> thank you, Lord. I need it. Christmas is coming up and my car taxes. I just need to get caught up, dude. But anyway, <laughs> not my, about my personal life. We're talking about horror movies. So, the first horror movie up for discussion this week is going to be Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 1974. Now, Matt, have you seen this movie before this? Before, um, before, like, uh, we decided this is what we we're going to talk about. No, I did watch the 04 remake. I thought that was pretty good. But this is my first time of actually watching the original. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to go in and discuss this one. So I'm going to give a little backstory about this movie. All right. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is directed, produced, and co-written by Toby Hooper. A lot of uh, older films, it seems like, back in the day, were kind of doing by product, like were being produced, written, and directed by like the same guy. Mm. Actually, kind of like a running theme. Hey, you save money that way. That's true. As like John Carpenter did with Halloween. That's he didn't have correct. to pay a composer. He did that stuff himself in three days. That is correct. So it released on October 11th, 1974. On a budget of less than 140k. Now, the actual budget itself has not really been defined where it's at. It sits somewhere between 60k to 140. So the, that's kind of like the rough estimate. Nobody really knows what the actual budget for the film was. Right. But it grossed 30.9 million dollars, becoming a huge success. Now. Hooper originally limited the quality, the quantity of on-screen gore in hopes of securing a PG rating for this film. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, 
Was that <laughs> limited what we watched? Um, yeah. Apparently, um, the, what, what was actually on screen that we saw uh, was going to be a lot worse than that. But um, he was trying to get a PG rating There's on no way. this movie. And if anybody's actually seen the original 1974, <laughs> good luck with that. <laughs> but the MPAA um, decided that, uh, no, sir, we're not going to give it a PG rating. We're going to give it a hard R. So even after that, even after cutting out some of the gore and everything like that, there was actually a bunch of countries that actually banned the um, theaters from running the movie because of so much uh, violence and everything. So, uh, I don't know what he was trying to do, but I know that um, somebody talked about before that his intentions originally for the 1974 Texas Chainsaw Massacre was actually to be a black comedy. And... We we'll might talk about this after we kind of go through the um, actual film itself. But you can kind of see moments in the movie where there was like a little bit of like uh, that dark humor that maybe back in 1974, the audience wasn't quite ready for it yet. But kind of looking at it now with the way uh, the shape of the world is now, <laughs> um, I could kind of find a little humor out of this movie. All right. You ready to get into it? Yes, sir. All right. So the film opens up with iconic sounds of cameras being flashed and you get to see like human remains on the screen. You get like a, um, basically you get the little text scroll that is famous from Star Wars, which actually this came out before Star Wars. And it kind of gives you like a little backstory of what's going on at the time. Um, you can kind of hear in the background with uh, the radio being reported on the talks of the increase of grave robbing in Texas. This is quickly followed by a grisly sight of a monument that was made out of different body parts from the um, corpses that were dug up. So that scene right there was actually like a little bit, like it was the way it was filmed was actually really cool because it kind of like just focuses in on that like monumental, like corpse on that, um, in the graves, and then it just kind of pulls back slowly, where you kind of see like all that effect. So right off the gate, like you're already seeing like <laughs> some nasty, grisly images. Yeah, they don't hold back because it's kind of like um, it, it was the corpse is like deformed, the head is like decaying. You see the head decay, and the way it's positioned over like the tombstone it's like his, his legs are like in an arch mm -hmm. you know and uh you know the part that you're talking about as as you see this disturbing like dead scarecrow you can hear on the radio the dude's like certain body parts are missing uh they've been mutilated for what is being found you know some graves like heads are missing arms are missing sometimes complete body parts are missing yeah so even going through that you know that was pretty that was pretty disturbing there yeah, so like this film doesn't like doesn't hold no hand. Like he doesn't like stop for anything. He goes straight in for it, get that shot value. So we're already beginning like with off with a bang, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So not long after that, that's when we get introduced to um our group of characters. We have uh Sally Hartinson. Hardis Hardis? I don't know how to say her last name. Hardisty? Whatever. Oh Sally. I'm just going to go by her first name. <laughs> Sally, who was played by Marlene Burns, and her brother Franklin, 
played by Paul A. Parton, and her boyfriend Jerry, which was played by Alan DeZanger, and friends Kirk and Pam. Sally and Franklin are, um, like I said earlier, brother and sister. And they're visiting the area because of the vandalism and grave robbing because their grandfather was uh, buried in that graveyard that, uh, in Texas. So they just wanted to make sure that his body, his uh, burial ground wasn't disturbed or anything. It's a small town, so anytime anything big happens in a small town, this is it happens everywhere. It happens in my small town. Yeah, word gets out real fast. And, and everybody, everybody has yep. to come and see what's going on. Yep, it's like a, a show to them because that's the only entertainment that they actually get. Yeah, because, I mean, it's a small town. Nothing really happens in a small right. town. So, basically, there are, there's like a bunch of people already at the graves. Just chilling, getting drunk, kind of laying on like a busted old tire, <laughs> rambling and everything like that. So they go to find out, and they uh, they basically do find out that uh, luckily their grandfather's grave wasn't disturbed. So while they're visiting Texas, they decide that they want to go check out the family estate and kind of see how it's been and everything like that. Because their father still owns the actual house. And yeah, still owns the land, yeah. So they just want to go see what's going on. And along the way, they pick up this hitchhiker. He's uh, <laughs> played by Edwin Neal. Now, this, this character right here, I really like this character. He's definitely something wrong with him. Uh, you could definitely tell, like, when it comes to his character, he's not there. Like, yeah, because he does he have, like, a like a, the carcass of a dead animal? Yeah, like, it's kind of like, um, I think it's supposed to be, like, a carcass of a dead animal, but I think it's also, like, fashioned in, like, a satchel kind of thing. Almost so, like a taxidermy type of thing, yeah, right? Yeah, okay. like, because, I mean, you know, later on you kind of find out about yeah, that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's like a little taxidermy kind of, like, satchel that he holds around, carrying around his little stuff. And basically he's coming out from uh, around that area where the slaughterhouse is, the old slaughterhouse. And Franklin made a comment earlier about their grandfather working in that slaughterhouse. Well, they picked this hitchhiker up. And everybody on the, in the van already feels unease about this guy. He's just kind of sitting there, kind of looking at him. They're kind of looking at him. He's kind of like mumbling some stuff here and there. And then Franklin's over there kind of playing with his little knife he's got. Just kind of like, you know, cleaning his nails or whatever. And so the guy asks if he can borrow his knife. And Franklin lets him borrow it, you know, whatever. Which is a terrible idea. Oh, God, it was. So the dude looks at the knife. And then he just takes the knife and he digs it into the palm of his hand and cuts it and just starts bleeding. Everybody starts freaking out. And they're like, oh God, oh God, oh God. So they take the knife back from him. And then he's like got the blood on himself like that. And then so, I'm trying to remember, he took out he took out his knife because he wanted to show them his razor blade. Yeah, he took out his razor blade after that. And um, they were kind of like, yeah, dude, uh, can you just, can you put the knife up? And he's like, yeah, yeah, you know, kind of like, Sure. So then that's whenever he decides to take a Polaroid picture. Like the old timey cameras, if you young folk listening to this don't know what a Polaroid is, you're not missing out on much. It's a camera for old people. <laughs> At the time, it was revolutionary technology because you got a print of the photo immediately. Oh, wow. I know, right? Yeah, good now, job. Good job telling the youth, Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> the Polaroid camera the is going to destroy camera. jobs. <laughs> Taking the jobs away we from our kids. We Americans. I'm not going to lose our own goddamn machine. You can't go to the pharmacy anymore and get them to develop your photos. You don't have to. You can use a Polaroid camera. 
You know, this is completely off topic. I'm just so reminded of South Park. The UPS man is poking your wife. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we gotta get, let's get back on top. UPS man, yeah, we are out, we're out shopping. The UPS man is banging your wife. <laughs> okay, all, all right, right, back on topic. So anyway, old, old um, the hitchhiker guy, he he takes a picture of Franklin, and during this process, he kind of talks about mentioning his uh, family working in the slaughterhouse and all that too, as well. But he, after taking the picture, he demands Franklin to pay him for it because he took a picture of him. And he wanted money for it. And Frank was like, well, no, thank you. But um, I didn't ask for my picture to be taken. So I'm not going to pay you. And everybody's like, yeah, dude, he's not going to pay you. <laughs> and so the guy, he kind of like says, all right, whatever, you know. So he burns the the um, photo. And then in the process of doing it, you know, a lot of smoke gets into the van. It causes a lot of confusion. And so that's when he ta- takes out his razor knife and he comes at Franklin and cuts him. And in the process of doing that, everybody will eventually uh, kick him out of the van as the van's still driving. So the hitchhiker is like following them and he's like beating on the side of the van and everything. Like, it looks like he's almost like writing something on the side of the van. Yeah, he like smears his blood. He, he keeps trying to write it, smears his blood over it. And then time. he's like, you know, like, like that. Sticking <laughs> <laughs> his tongue out at him and blowing like raspberries at him and stuff. Yeah. And they drive off. So, Matt, what was your thought of this character? Oh, God. You know, I really hated him. Uh, you know, I thought he was interested. I knew what they were trying to do. And this is the first point in the movie. I said, hey, Matt, you got to step outside yourself. And you got to look at it like you were watching it in the 70s. But, you know, when I kind of took that lens off, when I took that lens off and I kind of was just viewing it you know, viewing it naturally, I was like, man, this dude is, is creepy. Because one thing about this scene is this dude from beginning to end, you could like you said earlier, you could tell he is not okay by any stretch of the imagination. Like he shows them pictures of like dead carcasses and like dead cows. Yeah. And then he talks about, you know, his grandfather working at the slaughterhouse being the best one there. Kills him fast. He keeps talking about bashing cows' heads in with hammers. Like he this is I mean, when you when you first meet somebody, like, hey, man, let me tell you about how my grandpa used to bash his cow's head in and, like, kill him. And then, you know, one of the most dis- disturbing things about it, uh, which I noticed, is that as he's talking about murdering these cows, it pans to, like, these cows, like, drooling and foaming out of the mouth. Oh, yeah. Like, it pans to that, like, that. almost immediately. They thought they were doing this dude a favor. Like, yo, man, let's just give my man a ride. It's hot out here in Texas, yo. Let's help him out. Yeah, him he said, like, yeah, my, my house is, like, right down the road. It's not far from here. Yeah, he, they just tried to help the dude, man. And, yeah, like, yo, he, he once again, since he's not okay, he just, like, just cuts Franklin for no reason. As far as introducing a villain, I think they did it the right way because we already Matt, knew off top that, hey, yo, this dude's Matt, antagonist. he just spoiled it. Spoil what? You spoiled it. Spoil what? You spoiled the twist. There's a twist? Yes. Oh, well. God, man. I can't believe you would do that well, on a guys, movie the that's movie's, over. The movie's released in the 70s. So I can't if you believe don't know you would now, do that over a movie that's almost 50 years old. Yeah, the movie's released in the 70s. You know that by now? I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Read nah, a book. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You guys are great. Don't read books. Well, read books, but, you know. Listen. Don't watch movies. Listen to our podcast instead. I mean, of course. You know, we Probably. are your source of entertainment. 
but back on topic. <laughs> uh, back on topic, like I say, as, as far as the introduction goes to to a villain type character, yeah, that, that that was done pretty well. I didn't like that aspect of it. Yeah, I thought like in general with his crazy like personality, there's so many layers to this character that you just don't really see and. He doesn't tell. It's not like how like most days like you get like a villain that's introduced and they're crazy. They they basically explain to you I'm crazy. This guy shows that he's crazy through his actions and how he interacts with people in general. So anyway, so after they leave the um, hitchhiker behind, the gang arrives at a gas station because they're getting low on fuel. And this is where we're introduced to the cook at the gas station, who's played by Jim Sadow saying his name right if i'm not i'm sorry (laughs) he informs them that uh, they don't have any gasoline at the station and um it probably won't be until the earliest later that day but most likely it'll be tomorrow before they actually get gas so um while he's in there talking about that franklin um asks about the um his family estate um how where it's at like because he can't quite remember the location because it's been a long time since they've been there and old guy's like, well, hey, um, you don't want to be messing around with people's property. So uh, people don't feel kind to strangers uh, just wandering about trespassing like that. And um, Franklin like says, well, it's my dad's estate. And he's like, oh, your dad owns the big house out there? And he's like, yeah. Oh, okay, well. He sees the two girls they got with him. He says, well, I was just wanting to let y'all know. I don't think them young girls over there really want to be messing around in any old rundown house. And he says, but you're more than welcome to wait here and stay and all that. And I was like, no, nah, we're going to go ahead and yeah, just, uh, take off. We're gonna go, we want to see the estate. We hadn't seen it. And we just want to see what's going on. So he's like, okay. So he kind of lets them go. And uh, this is where they, they arrive at the old house. The house is worn down from poor upkeep. Obviously, uh, Franklin and Sally's dad doesn't really give a damn about this place. <laughs> it's literally almost falling yeah, it's apart. it's messed up pretty bad. You all right? And so everybody gets out of the car, and they're kind of like exploring the house. And Franklin's like mesmerized by the little blood message on the side of the door. And uh, he kind of sits there while everybody's doing his little thing. And everybody goes upstairs, and they kind of like, you know, it sounds like they're having a good time. Franklin comes up into the house, just, complaining about not being able to go upstairs and right this is where i really don't like franklin because he just whines so much i mean i feel for the dude he is in a wheelchair which i never did explain that earlier but he is but just because he's in a wheelchair does not mean he deserves my pity just letting you know that i don't like this guy really don't but anyway so kirk and pam decide that they want to go swimming at the local swimming hole that Franklin mentioned that, that they used to go to as kids. And uh, he, he tells them the whereabouts of where it's at. So they go on and they go exploring and everything like that. And on the way down the path, they see a house. Mm-hmm. And uh, then they, they kind of notice it's like a little farm area over there. So they go over to the house and they notice that it's run, um, that the electricity is powered by generators. So that means it's gotta have, they got to have gasoline. Yeah, it's got to have some over there. So he's like, all right, we're going to go check this out. We're going to go ask them. We're going to see uh, if we can borrow some gas and we'll come back tomorrow and we'll pay them when we get gasoline at the gas station. Because they, they're basically not sure if they're going to have enough gas to get back to the gas station or not. So that's why they're kind of like so freaking about this. And I want to point out too, um, this house that they go to, that they find out and everything like that, 
actually reminds me of a house that my mom and dad used to own when I was a kid. Oh, wow. It's a two-story house. It was kind of like semi-run down like this. Not the one, at, not the estate house, but I'm talking about like- The one, the, yeah. Yeah, the other one. Where the magic happens. Where all the magic happens. That house, it looks so much like it that it's kind of like gives me that eerie vibe to it now, mm-hmm. thinking about it. And I always was kind of like freaked out with that- um, um, the house in general as a kid because it was just kind of always like real creepy. But I just want to put the point that out that um, my mom and dad used to own a haunted house when I was a kid. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, why they get, got rid of it? Because there was a ghost inside of it. Uh, no. <laughs> I don't know why they got rid of it, but honestly, I kind of wish that they could like they could have, oh, they could have made some money off of that. God, I wish I could t- travel back in time and be like, yo, mom, dad, don't sell that. I got a business. Let's, I got a business proposition that we're going to bring money. Let's do this. I got a, I got a business idea. But then, you know, to get back with the story, guys, Kirk decides to go and investigate the house and see if anybody's in the door inside. So he knocks on the door, and in the process of knocking on the door, and he can't get nobody's attention. He keeps knocking and knocking. And eventually, he knocks so hard that the door opens a little bit. And while he's doing this, Pam's on the outside just kind of chilling on like the little um, swing they have. Yeah, she's just relaxing. You know, you know just, yeah, you know, just there ain't nothing to be scared of here. Just a normal farmhouse. And so Kirk decides to go into the house to see uh, if anybody's home. And this right here, this scene right here. When he opens that door and he looks down the path and he sees that room, like with the red walls, with the um, skulls and everything like that hanging on the wall, that gave me kind of like uh, the Shining vibes, where it was kind of like the perspective kind of pulls you in and it kind of makes you feel trapped almost. And I'm getting really artsy on you guys, so I'm sorry, but that's just how I am about. Yeah, no, man, get the details. They're that's why. That's what I, I love about do. like cinematography in general. Like cinematography can cause more of a creep vibe than seeing like gore all over the page, like all over the screen. So that there, like, and then he, he just kind of like you kind of zoom in on like the things, and he hears like a pig squeal. So he's like, "What's going on?" So he goes in there and investigates. And this, my friends, is where we get the very first appearance of Leatherface, played by Gunnar Hansen. He is a hulking figure. He's mute, so all you really hear is like squeals, grunts, and cries. He smashes Kirk with a mallet, knocks dude down on the ground. Takes about a second blow to kill him. And then he just drags him off into the, like, the room, shuts the door. So, Matt, what was your, your, your uh, first thoughts of seeing Weatherface for the first time? You know, well, I wasn't really too shocked by it. You know, at first when I saw it, I was like, man, this guy looks pretty goofy. And then, you know, two seconds later, well, this man is a killer. Like, it was a, it was a quick turnaround. Because, you know, because when you see the mask, it... I say it looked like it fit very weird. It looked like it fit weird, and it looked like it was just off, or like it was it was going for something very disturbing. But I didn't think it achieved that. And so when I first saw him, I was like, "Oh man, who's this cornball?" Uh, but you know, going back to the first uh, villain that we meet or uh, antagonist, you know, he talks about killing those cows. He's like, yo, sometimes you got to hit them twice. 
Good and, foreshadowing, by the way. Yeah, bro. And Leather, Leatherface busts him twice with that freaking and mallet. One thing that got times. one thing that got me was like when he hit him the first time, and he didn't quite did a job. That yep. shake that he was doing with his leg. Yeah, he was he was having a seizure because you know his, his his brain was uh was you know crushed in. You know it was a it was a good debut for Leatherface as far as a uh, a killing aspect was was concerned. But you know, I wasn't too, I wasn't too thrilled or too caught off guard by the mask. But I guess you know, once again, in the seventies, you see these guys got this crazy mask on, mm-hmm. rolling a hammer, and a freaking pig runs out of a closet. You know, what I mean, I would be pretty crazy. I'd be pretty afraid too. Like, man, where the hell does pig come from? <laughs> yeah. Well, one thing too is that you really don't know what the mask is. Like, they yeah, don't is really it human skin. Is it leather? Yeah, you but know, see, like when it? you get that first look of it, like now, now. Because like with uh, the way like after seeing like the two thousand three remake of how they go uh, he wears the mask and everything like that, the mask back then does look a lot cheaper. But that's just from the effects of like it being in the seventies. Yeah, it's the seventies. I mean, what could they do back then? You right. know, as far as technology was concerned. And I mean, this is a low budget movie too. Yeah, that is correct. Like like you mentioned earlier, the budget was a little bit lower. Yeah, so you can only do so much, even for the seventies standard. That budget's still pretty low. In my opinion, the first uh, side of Leatherface just coming out of the corner like that and just like hitting him one time. Just boom, just smashes his, his brain just, in. He's like, Leatherface's movements in this movie are just, um, it's kind of it's hard to tell because he's moved so fast for such a big figure. Yeah, he's very, uh, he's very agile. He's very agile. I, like he, he can, um, he, he really has control over his weight, so to speak. Like he yeah. moves it around pretty well. Like, Especially in the, the end scene. <laughs> but, yeah. But um, this is going against what we normally are used to with like He's slasher slow films. moving. Yeah, slow moving guys. And Leatherface is obviously a bigger guy. He's like bigger than Michael Myers, I would say, and probably Jason as well. Not as tall as them, but he and is And not bigger, as like yeah. muscle built because I would say those guys are a little more muscle yeah. on them. But Leatherface is just a chunky boy. And um, he moves quick. And he gets the job done pretty, pretty fairly quick. So that just kind of that took me off right there, like whenever that happened. And then you know, of course, when Kirk hasn't came back yet, Pam starts wondering what's yeah. going on. He's like, Kirk, where are you? He's like, yeah, Kirk, Kirk, where are you? She did that for like ten minutes. You know, know. it's, it's going to be really bad. Is my friend Kirk listening to this? It's going to be like, why the hell is he calling my name like that? Sorry, dog. I'm sorry, bro. We didn't it's mean just, it that way. It, it just happens, okay? <laughs> I love you, dude. <laughs> but anyway, so Pam enters the house and she starts walking around trying to look for Kirk, and she's calling his name. And she goes into when the the you know obviously the door the red room's closed off now, so she she can't see that room. So she goes into another room looking for Kirk. This room is disgusting. It is literally grotesque. She trips over some stuff. She falls like on some like feathers, like fur, bones, stuff like that, and she starts freaking out. And the camera work kind of gets like real close on her face, and it's like spinning around. So you kind of get like this kind of dazed like claustrophobic kind of feeling going on and the camera starts zooming in on like random objects and everything like that like there's a chicken and a birdcage yeah it is now anybody trying to say that this movie wasn't trying to be funny a chicken in a birdcage kind of like gave it away especially the way it zooms in on it and it kind of looks at the camera 
That was probably not intentional. Yeah. Because that you know that chicken just probably did it and it was just perfect timing, like but that killed me when that happened. I was like, oh my god. But anyway, so it zooms in on that. Then it's like moving around and it's like looking at all these like uh the furniture that's in the house or in that room. And the furniture is all handmade, put together by human remains, like bones, like pieced together to make couches, chairs, <laughs> nice little coffee table. You know, the you hate to bust in here, but I'm yeah, pretty sure yeah. they could have sold that stuff. Uh, I would have bought it. Because, you know, I don't even get cool stuff like that when I go to Ashley Furniture, and they want, like, $6,000. So, you know. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm just saying, bro, like, okay, the 70s might not have been a good time for spooky vibes like it is now, but just the Sawyer family was living in the wrong time, man. They could have been selling some, making some bank on that. Make some money, man. Because... You know how many, like, goth girls would love that kind of stuff for their home? They're like a little apartment flat. No offense to goth Me. girls. I would, I would. Yes, of course. I, am I too, am a goth girl. So I would love. Uh, <laughs> that's a lot. I, too, am a, uh, a, a lady who enjoys uh, golf. Golf? golf aesthetics. Did you say golf? Golf. <laughs> I'm a golf. golf golfer. I love golfing with my golf aesthetics. I like yeah. to wear all black on the golf course because I hate my wife and I want the son to kill me. Yep. And I want to oppress all the rich people that are, that are golfing with me. I can golf too, you guys. Get back on track. <laughs> Gosh darn it. I'm sorry. I just like talking about this movie and I'm having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, she freaks out. So she starts trying to run away, get out of the house and everything like that. So she's coming through, freaking out, still yelling for Kirk and all that. And then Leatherface opens the door. Caesar and does this little scream thing that he does, the yeah. little grunts and yeah, stuff. Yeah, like he says, mute. Because he can't talk. And he just like freaking out, like, right, cutting and everything like that. So she's running out the door and he runs after her. She gets out the door barely and he grabs her up. Yeah. And she's screaming, screaming, and he's pulling her back in the house. And she's, he's making his mute noises as well. And he pulls her back into the red room. And he's like holding her. Like, he's, this guy's like, Picking her up like she's just like a sack of potatoes, man. I'm telling you, like he he ain't having no hard time with this girl. Mm-hmm. He picks her up and he slams the her back on a meat hook. Yeah, she's just hanging there, man. And she's screaming, crying for help. And then there's old Kirk laying on the table, dead. And she sees it. She finally sees it. And then Leatherface goes over there and guess what? He grabs Matt. Well, this is the Chainsaw Massacre. It is. And so we get the real star of the movie, the chainsaw. The chainsaw. So Leatherface he cranks up the chainsaw and he starts cutting away at old Kirk, taking off party parts. And she's just screaming, crying for help. Can't do anything because she's hanging on his hook. And then it cuts. So what would you think about that scene? Um, you know, the worst part was her hanging on that hook. I, you know the way he did it, yeah. Like he like the way the camera angle did it, because it kind of like followed it with the hook, and it like went up like you were actually like the body, and then it just cuts back the word when he does it. You know, how, like sometimes you can watch something, and you can like feel it. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, you can like feel it. Like you just I don't know, you kind of like just sense it. Like when somebody's getting like cut, or um, 
you know, like uh, my favorite example of this is uh, I don't know how many people actually watched the New Jack City. What's this nice? He's playing Nino Brown. But there's one scene in that movie where he like stabs a federal agent and you kind of see in his eyes. And you just I don't know. You just, it just feels like he just gets stabbed. Like it's just so shocking and jarring to you. And when he put her on that hook, it's like I felt like he put me on that hook. Like yeah. it was just like this, this cringe, like this, like this tingle that like just runs down body your back. Like chill, right? Yeah, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, like why, like why would you do her like that? Just, just, I mean, just kill her. I mean, don't, don't do her like that if you're gonna torture her or something. Yeah. So that that thing was that was just that was intense to me. Like that that whenever that happened, I, I know exactly what you mean because I'm really empathetic when it comes to things like that. Like if somebody's telling me a story about like them slicing their hand or yeah, it's just, you just feel it, and I'm you just know? like I'm already going like, ah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> start kind of like wincing up and kind of like yeah, it's just, it, that that part was that part was absolutely terrible. It reminds me of um, my dad uh, <laughs> when we watched Home Alone <laughs> and that scene whenever one of the was it Lloyd was it, yeah Lloyd Harry, Harry and Lloyd right yeah. So Harry was the bald headed guy, right? And Lloyd so. was the one that had the hair. I will not lie to you. I'm not I sure. can't remember which one, but one of the ones uh, he steps on the nail and yeah, you see you just it. Feeling like, Argh. oh yeah, like because my dad actually did that when I was younger. Oh. <laughs> so he had that moment when he watched. It, he's like, oh god. So that that hit close to home. Did <laughs> he's like, I know what that feels like. Yeah, and it's just dude, it just it just you just feel bad for. Him. And then with Kirk, the, the only good thing about him was he was already dead. Yeah, lucky uh, Kirk, like. Uh, you know, because this dude literally like hacks him up with his chainsaw. And like, um, I also want to give a shout out to like all the emo girls out there for the the Kurt. If you're like not interested in this movie, if y'all were a fan of Craig Owens, the guy that did Chiodos, the um, lead singer of Chiodos, this kind of looks like a '70s version of Craig Owens. This Kurt fella does. Yeah. Just kind of give that fan base for yeah, y'all. Yeah, with all that taco meat hanging out. Yeah, not so much. Well, I don't know. He might have done some stuff like that. He's a hairy guy, uh, mm. Kurt. But like I said the good, like I said, good thing he did now. Yeah, good thing that he that he died, you know, because if if he would have like hacked him up with that chainsaw when he still was alive Ooh. and just hear him screaming and stuff. I'm Ooh. telling you too, man. Like if uh, you ever get a chance and you are interested in something like that, I'm not. The second movie actually has a scene where a dude's still alive. I'm not interested in seeing. Well, even well, they did it in the remake too, though. Whenever the guy he cut the guy's leg off. Yeah, but he doesn't like cut his. He cuts his leg off. He doesn't. When he was like, chasing him, though. Exactly. He was chasing him. He doesn't while. like sit him down on like the, a chair or table and just starts hacking away. Yeah, him. that's true. But that's a little different. Even though it's still absolutely terrible. Oh it's still God, little, yes. it's still a little different. Uh, it then. You know, her on the spike, him getting cut up, man. That whole scene was just yeah. Like, it was it was bad. It was it, it was it was bad to watch. And uh, if you are a fan of gore, that was a scene for you, uh, because I couldn't think of a a more gorier scenario than uh, what I actually watched right there. Yeah. So that that's pretty that's pretty much my thoughts on it. That, I thought I thought it was a very um I, I thought it was a very disturbing scene, but this is a horror movie and. In that one moment, they really showed like what they're dealing with. You're this man may be human, but he is an not absolute monster. He, he is, is a monster. He is not stable. And at they all portrayed that very well in this scene. And so after that, we get back with the rest of the gang, and uh, they're getting kind of concerned because it's getting kind of late, and Pam and Kirk haven't returned yet. So Jerry, which uh, is Sally's boyfriend, 
decides he's going to go ahead and leave Franklin and Sally behind because he's going to go investigate, see what's going on. So he asks Franklin, you know, directions to the war home and all that. So Jerry stumbles across the house as well. Starts knocking on the door also and asking all that. And he notices the little towel that Kirk and Pam took with him. So he's like, something's going on. They, they, they were here, but I'm not getting the answer. So he goes into the house looking for him. And then while he's in there, he hears some chains moving around. Like, kind of sounds like chains, um, some knocking on some doors, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. the door for the red room is completely open. So he walks into there, and I'm already, you know, you, you've seen what's happened before when anybody gets near the red room. I'm already feeling uneasy when this is going on. He's looking around, and he sees a freezer, and he starts, that's where he's hearing the noise from. So he opens the freezer door, and then Pam jumps up, startles him. And then she's just kind of like half out of it. You know, he kind of like freaks up out a little bit. And he kind of backs away. And about that time, he turns around and then bam, Leatherface is right there again and smacks him with the mallet. <laughs> this time he learned. Yeah, he didn't need two hits for that. He, he was like, I got to put some more force behind yeah, this. He didn't need two hits. Smacked him, killed him instantly. It was like quick. It was like done. It was like one and done. It was like. It's like almost over in a flashlight. That it was just so great. You know one cool. thing, man. These kids don't last long. No. Face. He like he he when he sees them, it's over. They probably got about two point three seconds before it because Kurt died quick. The other girl, I'm not. I'm assuming she didn't die very quickly, but she was caught very quickly. Yeah. And uh, the last guy, she he didn't stand a chance at all. Just like this shows you here that when. He was kind of going through this process of this. He was like wiping them out one at a time, like, mm-hmm. and but he was doing it quick. He wasn't playing around with them, like how we see in the other slasher films where they kind of like play with them. This kind of reminds me of like early school Jason. Mm-hmm. Early Jason, like he came out. Like, I remember one scene. He busts out of a door and he sees like his victim, and the guy's like standing there. And he does like a big huff and he just throws a, like a hatchet <laughs> right at the dude and kills him. So this reminds me of like old Jason where he's just trying to get the job done. He ain't he ain't messing with these kids. Exactly. He's not goofing around with them. So, but this is a scene right here too I want to really touch on. And after he does that, Leatherface starts freaking out. He starts looking around under the table, you know, a little bit like that. At first I thought it was because I thought Jerry like skewed it away, but actually he does die. But he starts freaking out, looking around, looking in the different rooms, runs over there to the... Um, Window opens up the uh, blinds, looks out the blinds. He's like starting freaking. He's like kind of pacing. He's like holding his head. He's like shaking his head and he's kind of beating his head. Something's messing with him. Something's concerning him. And basically, he's it's kind of like he's trying to figure out where these kids are coming from. Because dude's at the house, you know. It's just yeah. This is this third person killed today. Like what's up? He's he's just at home making barbecue, dude. <laughs> <laughs> barbecue. Oh, he's not the cook though. He's getting barbecue. He's getting stuff to make barbecue ready. And he's just like, these, there's these kids just throwing, coming in here and like messing with him. And he just don't know what to do. So he just kills them. And then you get that scene when he, he kind of like, it's it like he has a realization and he looks off in the distance and he kind of like does that weird smile and he licks his lips kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That was, I like that. That was a good scene. That was kind of like you kind of saw that little bit of a struggle, but you didn't have to have like them talking about it or anybody like, you didn't have to have him convey any kind of like conversation with yeah, you. Yeah, like, you just knew by that you knew what was up. You, something you was, was going he was just it. not happy with what was going on, trying to like live his life here and his kids just keep coming in and messing with his stuff. 
people don't like it when strangers come around on your property. That's very true. The word of wisdom. Do not mess with property that's not yours. <laughs> well, after that, Sally and Franklin start arguing because it's been a while since Jerry Hack came back. So Sally eventually decides that she's going to go find him. Franklin doesn't want to do it. He wants to go back to the gas station. They argue. They have a pretty big dust up about that. Yeah, it got real bad. And then Franklin's like, I got the flashlight, so I'm not, you can't go without the flashlight. So Sally's like, whatever, I'm going to go anyway. I'll go with it in the dark. And Franklin's like, no, Sally, don't go, Sally. I want to come with you. I can't push you down the stairs. Yeah, that was such a weird argument. Like, Sally, I'll take the flashlight, Sally. I'll, I'll, I'll go, Sally. Sally, don't go, Sally. <laughs> that that was that was such a weird um, that was a weird argument. That was, but I, you know, it, I, I get Sally's point of view through the whole thing, and I get Franklin's point of view. It, it, it was something that was needed though, because like you could tell, and this brings out like human they are, because these are things that Sally she's having to deal with her brother. He's like he's paralyzed. He can't really help himself. He doesn't. He hates that he's a burden on people. So mm. he's struggling with that. She's kind of having to deal with him, kind of like her brother's keeper, kind of thing. And it's just you can tell it bothers her. She can't do what she wants to do without having to worry about Frank. First, take care of him. So I mean, honestly, I thought that was a good way to approach that. Kind of just have that meltdown between them. Yeah, this is like frustration just boils over. Yeah, instead of them having like little segments here and there throughout the movie where they talk about it, or somebody's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry, I'm a bother to you, Sally." It's they just have a full on meltdown, and that's something that actually happens in real life too. Like you sometimes you say things you don't really mean to when in the heat of an argument. Yeah, frustration gets a hold of you, the things just come out. Yeah, and so. They decide to go on, and so then you get this scene with them kind of going through the woods, and Sally's struggling, trying to push the wheelchair through some of the um, areas. Obviously, there's probably some like mud and the dirt. Just a lot, not, of, uh, a lot of like tree vines out yeah, there, too. and it's just not a good location for a wheelchair. <laughs> so um, they're going through there, and then this scene is like, Leatherface just comes out of nowhere. Yeah, he's just, he's just like out of the goddamn shadows. Right, he's like, literally like, like he's like, Born in the shadows. You don't even hear the chainsaw, which is a weird part. Yeah, it's like it's like he's got a silencer on his chainsaw. <laughs> he just comes out of nowhere. Get your silent your chainsaw silencer from Lowe's. $7.99.99. So he just comes out of nowhere and just like revs the chainsaw up and he just goes straight into Franklin. Cuts him up. Yeah, he Franklin's cuts him screaming and yeah. hollering. Sally's screaming, hollering, but there's nothing she could do. You know, Franklin's got yeah. a chainsaw in his gut. So, he, I mean, he's dead. <laughs> there's nothing she can really do. I'm sorry. So, she understands this, and so she starts running away. And so, she's running away. She's over here getting caught in, like, the uh, limbs the, and everything like that. Can't get, it's hard to kind of get away from it because everything's getting, like, more dense and everything. And Leatherface is chasing after her. He's cutting down the limbs with a chainsaw. Yeah, like he he he's very effective with this tool. Like he, this is his baby, man. Yeah, he's very effective with this. Thing. And so she finally gets away from him, and she's screaming the whole time. And she gets to the house, and she runs in there screaming for help and everything like. That. She gets into the house. She tries to bang on one side; it's locked. Finally, she finds the the door that everybody came through, and she gets in, locks the door. Leatherface gets there and he's like freaking out because she's in his house and he can't get in it. <laughs> so he starts cutting at the door. Sally runs up the stairs and this is where you see like these two like old, just like elderly couple just kind of like sitting up there. 
And then you notice that they look like mummified. Like they're all wrinkly and raisin looking. And she's like freaking out because she's like, oh God, there's dead bodies up here. So she gets down and she's like starting to run back down the steps. And by that time, Frank, um, Leatherface done cut the door down. <laughs> he comes in there, he sees her, and he does his little yell. Like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so he chases her up the stairs. And then Sally, I'm telling you, dude, Sally don't care about jumping out windows. Yeah, she just went, bro. She just jumped straight out yeah. that window. And she cut, she's all cut up and everything like that. And Leatherface is over there looking out the window. And she's running. So he has to run back down the steps to go after her. This is what I'm talking about. Finding humor in this, man. It's like a Scooby-Doo episode. The terrible one. No, it's not a terrible movie. Where people die. No, I said oh, the terrible it's, Scooby-Doo. This is the Scooby-Doo episode where the gang actually comes across a real killer. Yeah. Freddy and Thelma and Daphne don't make it. Scooby might be. Shaggy, me. though. Yeah, Shaggy. Ultra Instinct Shaggy. Yeah, of course. The most powerful being in existence. I only use 1% of my power against <laughs> you, Leatherface. <laughs> so, anyway, Sally runs, and um, this is one thing that kind of, this is one of the only things that bothered me. Mm. She runs from that house, and then she, like, gets to the gas station in, like, no time. Yeah, very, yeah, man. It's like I don't know whether they just cut it like that, but she got to the gas station. Like, it was two minutes. It was know? like no time. Like I mean, maybe it was supposed to be like there's like maybe it's intended to be a longer distance, and it's just like you said, it was cut funny. Yeah, but it didn't seem like it didn't take her that long. Even though, like, you gotta think if she's running that whole time though, she had to get to that gas station pretty quick. Yeah, I say they just had to. They just had to cut it that way because like I say it took her. It took her two minutes tops. And know? I mean, like earlier when they were at the gas station, they had to drive back to their house and then drive. Then they walked from there to there. Maybe they don't know. Just maybe the locate the, the area is just like different and everything like that. But we'll get into another point about that too about the gas station. She gets to the gas station, and the cook meets her at the door. Brings her in the house and then uh, into the gas station. Closes the door behind her. She's freaking out because, you know, Leatherface is out there with his silencer chainsaw. That he got from Lowe's in 1974. Yeah, which, you know, that technology back then, I'm telling you what. <laughs> so he's out there and she's like freaking out. And the guy's like, oh, it's okay, it's okay, okay, darling. Shh, shh, shh. You know, comforter and everything like that. And he goes and opens the door and he looks around and he says, there ain't nobody out there, darling. And so she's kind of freaking out a little bit and he's like, She's like, we gotta call nine one one. He killed, you know, he's he's killed all my friends, my, my brother, and all that. And he's like, well, we ain't gotta get, we don't have a phone here at the gas station. You know, red flag right there. Yeah. So she goes, she says, the closest one is uh so and so. You gotta go, you gotta go here to get the closest phone. So he's like, I'm, I'm gonna go get get my truck ready, and uh, we'll, I'll go, we'll go over there, okay? So he goes out and he kind of comes back and he's got like a bag, right? Yeah, like yeah, a potato like, bag or potato sack. Yeah, and then so like he comes back and sneaks up in there and he's like attacks her. No, he's no. Does he like? No, hey, he's got rope. He's got rope. Does he like? Hey, just just put this bag on, right? Doesn't he do that? No, he takes his rope. He's like, I just got. I'm gonna tie you up. Real quick. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> he's not gonna tie you up. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna tie you up. Okay, and, bud. <laughs> and so she's like, she starts freaking out. I'm not talking to you. She starts freaking out, and then like uh, he he chases her with a broom. He starts beating her with a broom. Yo, he tags her with that broom about ten times. He, he, he 
hits her with a broom. Yo, he he hit her with that broom like my grandma hit me with a broom. And I mean pinpoint accuracy. He, he's done this before. He's like, whap, whap, oh, whap. Yo, he's like tagging her. I'm like, yo, please stop hitting Sally with that broom. I had my PTSD flared up <laughs> watching that. Like, yo, stop hitting this girl with this broom. So he finally gets a good lick in where he knocks her down. And uh, after that, that's when he starts tying her up. And then he puts a gag in her mouth when she comes back awake. And he's like talking to her and everything like that. And kind of talking to herself a little bit too. And then uh, that's when he puts the sack around her. Okay, that's where the potato sack yeah. comes into play. And so he pulls the truck up, puts her in the um, truck, and he drives off. He's going to take her back to the house. This is where I was kind of like a little bit weird about how the the geography is there. <laughs> Um, unless it's just that there's no way to actually drive the truck to the gas station. But I mean, if you can run from the house to the gas station that quick, why would you drive your truck there every day? But anyway, I'm just saying, I don't understand that. So the cook's over there driving down the road and everything. And he sees the hitchhiker walking down the road towards the house. He's over there yelling, you done doing it now, boy. You done messed up. He gets out there, he starts beating the crap, starts kicking this guy. Yeah, we're well, like a, well, like he's got like a little, uh, like, a, like a rod or a stick or something. Yeah, he just, just starts yeah, beating him. Like, you done messed up, boy. <laughs> and he's like, I told you not to be going down there. But they didn't see me. They didn't see me. Oh, you done left your brother alone in the house by himself. I told you not to leave your brother. <laughs> he's just freaking out on the guy. And so they get him, they get to the house. This is your favorite part, I know. Don't you have your pride in your home? What happened to this door? You know, like, okay, so you got a family full of murderers. Oh and the, the thing that triggers this dude the most is a broken door. <laughs> because when he gets there, like, the door is broken. He's like, let it face. You don't have, what happened to this door? What's wrong with this door? You don't have any pride in your home? It's just the way he says it, too. You ain't got no pride in your own home. And, I mean, he is on this. Okay, so. For everybody who is uh, married, got kids, got animals, uh, roommates, or whatever that you may have, significant others, it doesn't matter. You know, like sometimes we get home, there's always one thing that you latch on. It just triggers you. It just triggers you. Oh, you didn't wash the dishes. Oh, you didn't cut the grass. Oh, you didn't get the mail. Like this dude goes on like an old married dude. It's like, you know what? God dang it. This is my house. Y'all won't take care of my house. You know, he just goes on about the door. You don't have any pride in your home. Oh, my door. I miss my door. My door is my baby. <laughs> like, he didn't say that. I got, to, I got to get the door fixed. It's going to cost some money to get the door fixed. Yeah, he just he talks about this freaking door, like, the whole time. Like, he's like 10 minutes on this door. I'm like, man, this is, this is great, you know. And I said, let, you know, I'm watching this. And I'm like, you know what, Leatherface, you don't have any pride in your home. Did you did you did you notice that um that was when Leatherface's mask he was wearing like makeup on it and everything? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it looked different. Yeah, yeah he had yeah. like a kind of like from what I was reading, uh, it's basically he's like he's dressed up more like a girl. It's supposed to be kind of like a yeah, because he's wearing like a wig too at that mm -hmm. point. Yeah. And he he had that like weird wig. He had like lipstick, makeup, eyeshadow on his mask, and everything like that. And they they kind of touch on this. Um, there's some multiple movies actually touch on that. Uh, they talk about uh, his sexuality a lot. Like, is he transvestite or um, what is he? You know, oh, or you. and there's some movies where they'll talk about like it's not 
that he's a transvestite. It's just that he takes on the persona of the mask he's wearing because these masks are human faces. Okay, so the masks are his personality. Yeah, so it's like he he takes on their like person uh, the persona of these persons. So like if he's wearing a woman's mask, he's gonna be more feminine and everything like that. They, they touch on that a little bit more in the in um, the later sequels to this one, the original sequels. Uh, I think it's the fourth one that they do that. But anyway, so he's over there trying to, he's preparing dinner. And uh, the hitchhiker brings uh, Sally into the house, ties her up and everything like that. And uh, it's not really made clear in this movie, but you find out in like the second movie that these are all brothers. The cook's the oldest brother. Mm -hmm. Because he talks about uh, in the second movie about how yeah, I'm having to watch after my younger brother. It just takes my brothers. It just takes everything away from me and all the dreams I had, and it just <sighs> like that takes all the youth away. <laughs> yeah, this guy's nuts. Man. I love this guy. He's like he's so great. <laughs> so, and uh, they they get her tied down in the chair, and Leatherface kind of comes in there and he kind of freaks out with freaks her a little bit because he's kind of <clears> wearing like you know. Different mask. It's kind of a freaky looking mask with the makeup on too. Yeah, she's, she's like hollering the whole time. Like and she doesn't stop screaming at this point. No, she's got the gag still in her mouth. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I got a little head. I'm sorry. Yeah. So she's like, <laughs> "Damn, Matt. Spoilers. Ooh, Jesus. My bad. <laughs> You're spoiling the best part of the movie. The, this the screams. Lady, this lady screaming nonstop so, for literally the last quarter of the movie. <laughs> they, they 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 tell her they they get her side down. And the cook's like, get your grandpa from upstairs and bring him down. <laughs> so they go down there and they bring grandpa down. Grandpa is the, mm -hmm. one of the... Uh, like the mummies, The right? mummy-looking bodies. Yeah. And uh, they bring him down. And they said, uh, they said grandpa, he's, like, he's just a little shy, but he'll be okay once he gets a little bit of the blood. You know, They cut Sally's finger and they... They put it over there. Hey, give it to Grandpa. He sucks on her finger like a baby sucking on a bottle. And he's over there squirming, kind of like he's dancing in his chair. <laughs> with his hands up. Yeah, of, you know, he, he gets really into it. Like, like, he's like, like a baby. Like, literally. Yeah, he's it's like he's acting like a baby. Like, he gets too into it. Actually. And it's like, so she passes out. This is when she wakes up. She wakes up, and this is the part you're talking about. The screaming. So she's screaming non like she this girl is she's got lungs on her. She is screaming hard. Like, no, stop screaming. And like so she's just constantly screaming. And like the family is mocking her because of the screams. The hitchhiker is doing like a howl. Leatherface is kind of doing a little bit of a howl. And everybody's just kind of going on. And then, you know, the cook's the first one to kind of like shut them up. And then they're like, oh, why should we shut up? We did me and me and Leatherface do all the work around here. All you do is just cook and everything like that. And he's like, well, if it wasn't for the cook, the family wouldn't have any money. And, you know, just arguing back and forth. And then they decided that um, the cook's like, all right, Leatherface, stop tormenting the young girl. Go ahead and put her out of her misery and everything. He said, he said, I can't stand here to watch that. I, it's, it's just not my not my thing to do to kill somebody. So he's about to leave. Because that's one thing. He doesn't actually do the killing. Leatherface and uh, the hitchhiker do. Yeah, they kill people. So he did, he's like, the hitchhiker's like, well, me and Leatherface has been talking and uh, we thinking that Grandpa should be the one to kill her. He's the fastest and he's the best. 
And he's like, yeah, you know what, Grandpa? It would be a good idea. So they get the old man, and they, they put him over near Sally, and they uh, put a bucket down there beside her because, you know, blood. Yeah, catch so, blood. Like, the house that they live in, and they're worried about getting blood on it. Well, it is Grandpa's favorite carpet. Yeah. They mentioned that in a second. Maybe. But um, so they put Sally down there, and uh, they give Grandpa the mouth. <laughs> This is this whole man. He just drops it. He can't hold the mouth. He drops the mouth. He's like, do And they're over there doing it. He's like, do it, Grandpa, do it. And he just keeps on dropping it. He does get it one time. He gets it one time. And it kind of knocks a little bit of blood on her and everything like that. The hitchhiker gets he gets frustrated. He's like, let me do it. So he in the process, he's trying to grab the mallet. And in that time, Sally breaks free. And so she runs out and jumps out another damn window. Yeah, she uh, she loves jumping out windows. Like, that's her like, that's her specialty. But I guess you gotta do what you gotta do in uh, these crazy situations. So she's out the window running, trying to get away from him, and then Hitchhiker and Leatherface, uh, Hitchhikers are chasing after, and then Leatherface comes out with a chainsaw. <laughs> he forgot the silencer this time. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's blaring right now. So they're running after her down the road, and Sally gets to the main highway. And then the hitchhiker's like up on her. He's over there slashing her back with the razor and everything like that. And by that time, there's a truck coming around the corner. And Sally just gets out of the way just in time whenever the truck runs over the hitchhiker. Kills him. Truck driver pulls over to the side of the road and he's like, oh God, I done Yeah, I, I hit somebody. I yeah, hit, hit somebody. Dude. I gotta see what's going on. He gets out of the truck and Sally's over there covered in blood, screaming. And then like, the face comes around the corner in his little suit. <laughs> Revving that chainsaw? Yeah, he's got a suit on this time. Yeah, he, ch- he changed real quick, if you think about it. Yeah, he's like, he's got that little suit on with a chainsaw, and I'm running, and that trucker's like, oh, hell no. <laughs> that, that, that trucker's reaction is like my reaction man, if I was in this movie. That dude is like, man, the hell with this, the hell with this truck, the hell with this girl. Company, I don't care if they fire me, I'm out of here. That dude gets that wrench, and he takes off. He gets he gets in, they get into one side of the um, truck cab, and then... <laughs> Sally gets in, they close the door. Leatherface is over there cutting at the door and everything like that. And uh, I'm guessing because uh, the process of cutting the truck back on would be too long and it could potentially be dangerous because if Leatherface cuts through it, he, yeah, he's going to kill him. Yeah. So they get out of the truck and uh, start running. And like Matt said, he grabs a wrench. Leatherface runs around the truck coming after him. Dude, truck driver throws a wrench, smacking the head of Leatherface. Pinpoint accuracy. Leatherface falls back down and chainsaw drops and he cuts his leg. Which was actually kind of grotesque because it was like blood and spewing everywhere and everything like that. Nasty. Yes. But um, so Leatherface is down for a bit and uh, there's another pickup truck just coming down the road and Sally's over there flagging it down. Dude kind of like Stalls out for a minute because he's trying not to hit Sally. Truck driver. <laughs> Told you. This is where I'm telling you there is humor in this movie, you guys. Like, first watch, it's very horrifying and scary. But when you watch it, like, as many times as I have seen it, you'll start noticing the humor. Sally's over here trying to get on the back of this pickup truck. The truck driver is running full speed off the, yeah. <laughs> the camera. All right. You know, I kind of get it because bro don't really know what's going on. and He's literally uh, exiting stage left. Yeah, he's just, he's just out of there, man. <laughs> and Leatherface is too preoccupied coming after Sally. So, <laughs> truck driver's out of there. Sally finally gets on the truck, at the pickup truck. The guy finally gets it started and gets going. Leatherface barely misses her with the chainsaw. And she's screaming again. God, she's screaming. 
And then Leatherface starts chasing the pickup truck, but he can't do it. He can't do too good because eventually, you know, his legs messed up, plus the truck or the truck. And I mean, I would be really surprised if Leatherface could outrun a truck. You never know in these movies, man. Uh, yeah, but I mean, he's a big boy. He's a chunky boy. So the movie ends with a clip from Leatherface's dance recital. Chainsaw on Swan Lake. Yeah, because, you know, he's just, like, you know, she's back in the truck. She's screaming her lungs out. Like I said, she doesn't stop screaming. And Leatherface is just twirling with his chainsaw. He's just, like, he's, he's dancing he's, with the chainsaw. He's, 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 he gave up, it. basically. Like, he's disgusted because he failed. He, he, she got away. Yeah, she did get away. So he's over just swinging the chainsaw around and just... It's like he's dancing. He literally is dancing because he actually holds it up at one time and does like a little like a ballerina spin. And that's it. The movie ends. So, Matt, mm-hmm. what do you think of the movie? I, you know, I, I teeter on the edge of liking it and not liking it. You know, um, as far as slashes go, uh, if you're looking for like the grotesque and the horror, you actually get that. But as far as everything else goes, you don't really get a lot. You know, there is no stellar acting performance. There's nobody that stands out. There's no really great scenes. Every great scene in the movie involves Leatherface bashing somebody's brains in. You know, uh, I thought the dancing. I thought the dance part was actually the best. The, the dance, the dance part was a very interesting scene. I'm waiting for the musical. And what's the girl's name? Uh, Sally, Sally Fields, or something like that. Sally. Um, the last name is really hard. I can't pronounce. Let's her. just say Sally. Yeah, it's Sally. Uh, it's Harden Hardenson. Now, if if you go back to the beginning of the movie when they do like that, uh, the little roll in or the intro or whatever, they tried to make Sally. All right, so hey, this is about Sally. Sally's gonna be important. Sally's gonna, you know, kind of have a big role to play here. But literally, the only thing Sally did the whole movie was scream. She did. Like she screamed. It was so annoying. It was so annoying that she screamed. And I understand this is a terrifying situation. Mm-hmm. This dude wearing a leather mask with lipstick and a grandma wig was coming at me with a chainsaw, I would be pretty terrified, And wearing too. a really fly outfit. Fly. The suit was nice. I will give him credit. I give that. him that much. The, the dude, dude cleaned up nice. Yeah. <laughs> the only bright spot, the only, to me, the really only bright spots in the movie was, um, you know, some of the humor. Like, and I hate to say it, but this dude's like, hey, you don't have any pride in your home? <laughs> That's like my favorite part of the movie. I'm like, yeah, Leatherface, don't just be out here breaking doors, bro. You understand if you're a homeowner. That's all I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> or even if you're living in an apartment. Yeah, you know? or yeah, anywhere if you got paying rent. And anything, you got, like, anything, really. Exactly. You paying rent, you got a security deposit or anything, like, yeah, I mean, yeah. Most maybe kids probably won't get this because you know they're living with their parents and stuff like that. But when you're on your own, no matter what, like if you're living like in a home, you want you want a place that's secure. Yeah. And like, bro, don't break my goddamn door. You know how much doors cost? Exactly. Google door costs. Go to Lowe's. I go to, I go to Lowe's website all the time. You don't want no cheap door. I'm turning into my dad. I actually like Lowe's. 
But go to their website and look for like storm doors or just doors in general and look how much they cost. You don't want a cheap door either. And the only reason. Because when you get a cheap door, you get them teenagers busting up in your exactly. house. Exactly. Like, like in this movie. Just coming in there, you know. And it is it is so sad that me evolving or de-evolving, I'm not sure, into my father, uh, it <laughs> makes me like That's certain points. Mean. <laughs> well, it's hard to say. It's Because it's, I don't know what's happening to me. As I get older, I get uh, grouchier and the desire to cut grass Do intensifies. You, <laughs> are you hitting the desire to go to Bojangles in the morning with the other old guys and drink coffee because you get it for free? It is intensifying every day. Do you I know just, how much I like? Honey, I I, I'm about to go to Bojangles and get me a sausage biscuit and a coffee. And I probably won't be back until about. Two hours from now, because me and the boys are going to be drinking some coffee. And reading the newspaper. It is so sad that my favorite part of the- Gotta do the crossword puzzle. (laughs) That my favorite part of the movie involves, you know, (laughs) it's based around me turning into my father. And that's so so sad. No, it's not just that, though. But I mean, it's it's a funny thing, because the cook- like once he goes on hinge, he's hilarious. Yeah, you know that's that's it, man. That's that's really the only handful of parts I liked in the movie. I, I'm not a fan. The Sawyer of it. family was the best yeah. part of this whole movie. I, I'm not. I'm not a fan of it. This will be the absolute last time I watch this movie. Oh, uh, I can watch this movie just about. I probably. I actually really want to watch it again. I, I love this movie. This well, is one of my favorites. Now give my review. And I will give it a 2.5. Oh, dude, you're killing me with these reviews. 2.5 out of 5. Oh, boy. I will give it 2.5. I can, I can understand. I cannot go higher. I could go lower, but if I went lower, I would be disrespecting my friend. Uh, on a personal mat scale, it's actually a 0.5. But that is just Bro, super rude. That's that rude. is rude. And that just takes away from the from what they try to do with the movie. Uh, that's disregarding all the things that are great about it. So I won't do that. I will give it a 2.5. Oh, that's not bad. That's it. 2.5 is not bad. All right, but, well, I'm going to go ahead and do my review then. Yes, yes, sir. All right. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, in my opinion, is a masterpiece of horror cinema, especially for its time. The grungy atmosphere and the grotesque scenery gives the feeling of tension and discomfort throughout. And this is actually, you know, I'm kind of looking at this review that I wrote and I'm thinking now that I was more looking at it in the horror aspect, but now thinking about it, this movie's hilarious. <laughs> but anyway, the cast of characters feel believable, even though they are a little overacted sometimes. And uh, a lot of the reactions are actually pretty genuine, like the scare, like, this, like them being scared whenever they see uh, Leatherface. And this is all due because the director, Toby Hooper, Hid Leatherface's design from everybody. So the first time they see him on screen and them screaming and yelling from it is actually their first reactions to him. And um, another thing I really liked about this was that Leatherface isn't just like your like hulking silent killer like Michael Myers or Jason. He kind of he reacts and is constantly being berated by his brothers. Uh, the combination of like his mental state and being belittled has caused him to become more of a monster than what he is. Kind of like you know the environment it raises like the nature versus nurture kind of thing. Right. Like Michael and Jason are more of like a killer by nature, and Leatherface is more from nurture. So him being like abused and basically being like berated and tormented by his brothers kind of forces him to be a little more violent than what he is. 
But the entire Sawyer family is like both hilarious and terrifying. And they actually make me uneasy at times, like the way they kind of like interact with everybody. Especially like the scene whenever uh, you get the the scene in the family dining whenever Sally's there and you kind of get that point of view. And they're all kind of like coming in on her and they just kind of keep getting closer and closer to her. So that really makes me uncomfortable because I don't really like a lot of tight spaces. I mean, I'm a big guy, so like close corners is not a thing for me. And um, even though Halloween is actually considered the four of the father of slashers, I really think the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is what paved the road for the future success of that film and other slashers. And it actually spun its own franchise and has many sequels, or reboots, um, some good, some not so good. But the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is one of those films that gets overlooked, but it's a classic that deserves all the praise that it gets. My personal score is a four out of five. I love this movie, and I'm not ashamed of it. I'll watch it again. Nor should you be ashamed of things you like, sir. Yeah, I mean, this is what I'm saying. Like, we're giving honest opinions. I really like this film. I mean, I'm usually more forgiving than some people on movies in general. But I, this one I really, really loved. Uh, if I have a choice of watching Hit or Halloween, that's a hard decision for me. Because I love both of those movies so much. I would say uh, out of the horror franchises, I would say those two were probably my favorite. Um, I never was really a big Friday the 13th guy. Uh, Freddy Cougar did freak me out because you can't deal with nightmares. Like, you can't control what you dream of. And you gotta go to sleep, bro. That is a terrifying film <laughs> in its own rights. Mm. Because uh, the these movies here, you can run away from the killer and you can move. <laughs> you can move to another area. Right, if Sally had a gun, she would have got out of this thing. Yeah, you know, or, uh, no you know, problem. And once Sally got away from, with the pickup truck, she's pretty much good. Yeah, she's, she's square. But, you know, um, when you look at, like, Nightmare on Elm Street, you got to fall asleep sometime. You got to go to sleep eventually. So, that's my review on Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I love this movie. I hope you guys enjoyed what you heard. Uh, definitely check it out. Our humor as a species has changed a lot in 50 years. So there is going to be a little bit more of a humor aspect to it now because our humor has gotten so dark thanks to memes and the internet. Because, I mean, we're literally in like the end of the world right now. We're making jokes about it. Uh, it's just that, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's just how we cope with things. Now, let's get, uh, let's get off rails once again. You know, the... The hallmark of humanity is, or us as humans, is our ability to adapt. And when we adapt, when we grow stronger, we tend to lose certain things. You know, it's not apparent at first, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we never really understand it at first, but we tend to lose something as we adapt and grow stronger. You know, with us, we're in our 30s, right? You know, we this two economic crises, uh, we're going through one right now, we got a full-on pandemic. Uh, racial inequality, riots, you name it, we're dealing with it. Every terrible thing that's happened over the course of humanity is happening to us right now or has happened to us from like 2008 up to now. Wars, natural disasters, just Terrorist everything. Terrorist level threats. Terrorist level threats. You know, the only thing we haven't encountered yet is aliens, but I'm pretty sure that's next on the list. You know, and with dealing with stuff like that, you know, we grow desensitized. Like, it just doesn't, you know, 
when you're surrounded by this stuff, it's hard to shock you. It's hard, you know, it's hard to, well, I said, yeah, basically it's hard to shock you. It's hard to, to break you off that rock and you become desensitized, you mm-hmm. know. That's basically what it is. We're just a little bit more desensitized now. Uh, that's why watching some of the older stuff has little effect on us. Yeah. Because we Thanks we fundamentally that. think different as, as human beings and as Americans. It's so that's kinda, just what I think. It's the same way if you um, approach it with, uh, all right, let's give a backstory to Ed. <sighs> Stephen King's It, the ABC adaptation, mm-hmm. scared the hell out of me when I was a kid. I have a underlying fear of clowns because of that movie. I still don't like the way they look now. I'm very uneasy around clowns. But the actual movie, like the basically it's a movie because they cut it into a movie later. The actual movie itself, watching it now, isn't terrifying at all. It's actually very humorous in parts, just like this movie. But at the time when I was a kid, this movie scared the hell out of me. And it messed me up because of that, because of the clown thing. Like Matt said, part of the reason why it doesn't, like, it, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, even the original Halloween, even some of the other horror movies that we're going to eventually review and other movies and stuff like that, the reason why he's like he's basically saying is because of the decent decency. Oh my god, say that word, please. Decency. Yeah. Desensitization. De- please say the word for Desensitized. me. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. No problem, bro. <laughs> because of that, our things just don't scare me like it did when I was a kid. Like now, I'm just kind of like, okay, cool, <laughs> but. Uh, same thing with this movie when I saw it when I was younger it freaked me out more than it did now now it's a little more grotesque and it is kind of like chilling and I'm kind of like still get those little vibes just because I saw it when I was younger so I still get a little freaked out from those moments but I find more humor in this movie now and in the 70s you gotta think the 70s was the beginning of the slasher genre a lot of people weren't used to this kind of stuff back then so even Halloween like we had a review for Halloween, but we scrapped it. And even in Hit, we talked, we touched on things about how, like, being in the shoes of the audience in the 70s watching that film and then watching it to now. Because I watched it when I was a kid and it freaked me out. Matt never saw it until recently. So to him, he didn't really care for it. But to me, it's, it, it still kind of, like, bothered me a little bit. Basically, I'm kind of just going in a little rant about it, but it's just, it's basically what Matt said. <laughs> As time goes on, we get, like, numb to, like, certain things. And they don't really, like, affect us like they used to. And that's our TED Talk for today. TED. TED Talk. TED Talk. All right. <clears throat> All right, man. So, we got anything else to talk about on the, uh, what are we talking about? Texas Chainsaw Texas Massacre. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 1974. Yes. Leatherface did nothing wrong. Well, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you know, uh, he was just trying to protect his homestead. And Dude, he's in the state kids. of Texas, yeah. man. Stand your ground. Stand your ground, man. You know, he's just out here cutting he up just, pigs and these kids are trespassing. You know what? He has something for them. Something that they did not want. 
<laughs> exactly. I mean, dude was really just. I mean, you look at it in that perspective. In all seriousness, no, not not really. But you go back and look at it. The first person he kills in the movie walked in on him when he's trying to kill the pig for the barbecue. He was just startled. He was just startled. And he's he like attacked. freaked out, and then he hit him, and he didn't know what to do. So I mean, Leatherface did nothing wrong. I mean, he, I'm, I'm he, telling you. he did he did things wrong. Uh. <laughs> it wasn't his fault. He it was is. just protecting his house. <laughs> but all seriously, no, there's nothing else we need to talk about. This movie's great. If you guys got a chance, watch it. Spooky month. Good time to watch it. Um, I think it's streaming on Amazon Prime. It is also free on Tubi if you have Tubi. Uh, Tubi's a free application. You don't have to spend anything to get it. You do have to watch a couple of ads here and there. But in the course of watching a movie, I only saw like three. So if you don't have Tubi, it's I think... It's kind of like, it, like watching movies on TV again. Exactly. Get you If you feel nostalgic, go for it that way, man. And I'm pretty sure 2B, I think 2B is free on Samsung TVs, Roku devices, Fire Sticks, Playstations, Xbox, and everything. So if you don't have uh if you don't have 2B, uh, T-U-B-I, download it, you won't be disappointed. Yeah, it's, good, it's good service. I mean, we got there's a lot of great shows on there. Um if you got Amazon Prime, I'm pretty sure it's on there, but I don't I don't have Amazon Prime, so I'm not sure. The movie itself is actually not that expensive because it's like a classic, so you can pretty find it anywhere. But if y'all get a chance, y'all really need to check it out. I loved it, Matt Denton, but you know whatever. Yeah, you know it's just it's just me. It's just know? Matt. It's just Matt. No, I hate I hate everything, right? Apparently, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, so this is Matt. This is Ed, and that's a wrap. <laughs>